ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on the laptop watch what i'm gonna do welcome to the show let them know we got a point of view hey yo let's have a combo say what you feel be real that's the motto real talk pronto dr d phd hit the intro hold up wait gotta be social network global home for the locals gotta be social network global home for the locals did you like that i was doing some jug playing i during like the that intro? that was like, good <laughs> we're gonna like mimic the intro one day yeah. we're just gonna have like our own thing <laughs> a little choreography yeah some choreography just to make it a little yeah. more fun you know yeah kind of thing. <laughs> oh live from alabama Simon. that's right yeah and you live from the airbnb <sighs> live from the airbnb next time we'll be live from colorado isn't that Next crazy? Time. Isn't that weird? Crazy. Um, yeah. What's your move date? What's your actual like, move-in date? Soon, okay. June sixteenth. Yeah. 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 We both made, but we both have made big moves in our lives during this time. Yeah, <laughs> we have. Um, my son Moses is about to leave on his mission. Whoa. He'll be gone in three weeks. He'll be gone for two years. And where? Where is he going? If they allow him. To, be, to stay that long, <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's going to St. George, Utah. Oh, because, okay. Because Utah needs more Mormons. <laughs> There's a shortage of Mormons <laughs> in Utah. Just, yeah, they oh, need a Milliman. That, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> oh man, it cracked me up. There, there's so much. Um, drama and everything surrounding it but it, it's 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 yeah. good it's good you know what's it's interesting good. before we jump into this conan the barbarian amazing yeah. movie yeah. uh you know people who listen to this you just you're just gonna have to deal with the fact that simon and i talk about religion and spirituality pretty much every time oh yeah every time yeah but man i recently watched shiny happy people on uh amazon prime it's about the duggar family and uh, oh, and it Shannon, was crazy. My wife Shannon just brought them up. She must maybe she watched that too because she just brought them up the other day. And I, uh, I didn't, I never kept up with them to begin with. When she mentioned their name, I didn't know who she was talking about. Yeah, you know, that's how out yeah. of the loop I am. You know, they have like twenty kids type of thing, yeah. and uh, the oldest son got convicted of you know uh, child pornography, the whole thing. Yeah, um, and and but then they molesting take a really deep dive. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he was molesting the sisters too. And his family, oh, man, crazy. crazy. But then they took a deep dive into the religious, the quiverful movement that they had, and the uh, honestly, it was a cult. Uh, oh, yeah. And they discussed yeah. the leader, and I was, and I was like, man, another strike for religion. It just keeps coming up, and uh, man, it's rough because I always like talk to my wife about our conversation relating to religion. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, I love Simon, man, because I we just have these raw conversations. We're all just trying to figure out like, what the hell is happening here? You know, it's like, yeah, I mean, we are because, you know, uh, nobody wants to be affiliated, like, like no mainstream Christian wants to be affiliated with the rest of the cults, but then you have to sit there and look at the history of your own religion and it doesn't matter yeah. I, I don't care what sect of christianity you are you have to look at the history of it the true history of it the real history of it yes and be like oh crap we've all done that stuff. i mean you know as in as in all of our religious traditions have been involved in some stuff man 
Yeah. I mean, some, some stuff, stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, coming from a Mormon background like I do, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot yeah. to unpack there. There's definitely a lot to yeah, unpack I mean, there. there's a lot to unpack there. And, yeah. But, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, it, every religious person just has to be honest with themselves and yeah. say there's a lot to unpack everywhere. So before throwing the baby out with the bathwater, we still have to come to this realization, okay, is religion doing us a service or a disservice? I had a long conversation with my brother the other the last week who just turned 50. So it was, I, was, I, was, I called him the night before his birthday. It was yeah. kind of a birthday call. And we, we had this long three-hour conversation. A lot of it had to do with religion because he and I have gone in different ways. He's become more religious, as in more churchy, like okay. really getting involved with the church and really believing what church leadership says. Whereas in my life, I've gone the opposite direction where I've decided I don't trust anyone. And <laughs> <laughs> anything, by the way, everyone. Yeah. I don't trust no one on anything. <laughs> you know, I have a different kind of confirmation bias where I'm biased <laughs> against everything until I've been able to confirm it for myself. <laughs> so, um, okay. So in that, in that, uh, conversation though, you know, I was sharing with him a few of the things that I've just let go of. I've just shrugged off my shoulders. I've decided that's not going to be part of my spiritual journey right now because uh, to quote Jesus, they feel like millstones around mm. my neck. Yeah. They feel like they just get in the way of me and my attempts to have a relationship with God. And if something gets in the way, and I don't care what, I mean, to me, that's like Jesus's message. If you really read Paul, the apostle Paul, that's what he's getting at the whole time. <laughs> he's like, if all this stuff gets in the way, get rid of it. And of course, to a devout Jewish person who really believes in the law of Moses and all those things, of course, that's insulting. That's offensive. Yes. And so, and I can, uh, you know, and I can uh, um, empathize with them and say, okay, you know, but you have to do you, you know, as a Jewish person uh, who wants to stay kosher and, and do all the stuff. But a, as a Christian person, that is when you say anything that gets in the way of my personal relationship with God. Yeah. I get rid of. Right. And I don't care what the leadership of the church tells me. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is I love this evolution with Simon. I feel like we're on a very similar path. That's why I was talking about you with this to my yeah. wife and she's like you guys are having very like interesting conversations about this. I said I just think we've had kind of ahead of the curve conversations about this. And that, you know, listen, every time you see, it's like, okay, we were also watching the Hillsong documentary on Hulu. That was another I, big church scandal. Know you know, the big mega church Hillsong that was really huge in like, let's say in the 2012, 2016, the pastor okay. of the church. That, that's starting to ring a bell. Right. Okay. He was like a yeah. big celebrity pastor. Yeah. Uh, Carl Lentz and 
uh, the, come to find out, you know, a lot of these big churches, they profess to be very progressive, very hip kind of urban churches, but the beliefs underneath that system are extremely conservative, very hateful towards gay people, uh, LGBTQ community, and uh, espouse, you know, complete submission and all these things. But on yeah. the outside, it looks like you're going to a rock concert and, you know, this is cool, man. <laughs> you know, I have like, a, you know, Kevin Durant's here, you know, Justin Bieber's yeah. here. This is very progressive. But no one pushes them on the fact that it's actually a really progressive Pentecostal church uh, okay. that espouses very backwards ideas. And I'm I'm like you. I've told my wife the same thing. If if this gets in the way of my relationship, I just not I'm not part of that. I'm like I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna allow myself to be a part of uh, a church that espouses hatefulness towards people who are just different people. I'm like. And, like if because that's, your that's thing, getting in the way of their journey. That's if exactly es- right. If you espouse any kind of, I mean, you know, that's the real tricky thing because I think most every Christian church says our doors are open to everyone. I don't care what you are, yeah. LGBTQ plus, you know, whatever it is. But then they still tell you from the pulpit that if you are a part of that community, you're not going to heaven, Yeah. but you can come to church. It's like, who wants to go to church in here that they can't go to heaven? Come in here, give me some money, but you're not going. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, it's mind boggling. Um, and no matter what my personal beliefs might be, when yeah. it comes down to it, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, and that's you know why some I asked Shannon the other I told Shannon the other day we were talking about somebody who has uh, um, a, a child who's LGBTQ plus you know and yeah. but they have the the parent of the child has stood by their conservative Christian views, and I looked at Shannon I said. I, I, I don't know how you can do that. Mm. I don't know how a parent of a child can say, I'm trying to be like Jesus, but I think my child's not going to heaven because of who they are. Yeah. <laughs> and who they love. Right. And who they think they are as a human being. So I told somebody just the other day, I said, you know, uh, sometimes when I'm reading the New Testament, and I'm reading the words of Jesus. I I don't have any proof. You know, there's no historical proof to say Jesus really said this or he didn't say that. But sometimes when when Jesus is going apocalyptic, (laughs) you know, I start to think, I don't know if Jesus ever said any of that stuff. Yeah. And I told this person, I said, but that might be my bias of wanting Jesus to be like Mr. Rogers. Right, right. Yeah. That's my Jesus. Yeah. Mr. Rogers is the perfect example of a Jesus for me. Somebody who tells you, you are not wrong because of how you feel. Right. You're not wrong because of who you are. That's who, what makes you you. That's what makes you special. So that must be right about yeah. you. Yeah. If, if you can be yourself and not hurt anyone, you're good. Yeah. Doesn't it seem so simple? It seems really yeah. simple. It's yeah. not done, though. It's definitely not done. It's mostly <laughs> not being presented that way. There's no Fred Rogers 
like moderate as, as Michelle always says, she's like, where's like the moderate Jesus people? I don't understand. Where's this like? Why is this like extreme Jesus? Kick your ass, Jesus! <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my my own church has been going more and more moderate, and yeah. it has a, a long tradition of. Um, I mean, actually, Mormonism began very progressive in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, and then it became more conservative, um, and that is a leadership thing. Yeah. And and uh, we had some leadership for a time that was ultra conservative, super conservative, and and I'm not trying to use conservative as a as a as a bad word. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm saying. This is somebody who was uh, like, uh, what, what are they called? The John Lynch Foundation, that, that super right-wing conspiracy right. theory yeah. conservatism, you know. Yeah. Um, but since then, the leadership has pushed the church to be more and more, more and more moderate, much to the chagrin of a lot of people who were big fans of that super conservative version mm. of the church. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Be moderate in your ideas. <laughs> and I had a, a a conversation with my father one time. He was in the hospital and he had just had a heart attack. Of all the times to have a like a a, a religious debate with my father. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a terrible timing, but I did it anyway. <laughs> of course <you laughs> because did, I'm me. Because it's just you. Yeah. Have you not learned anything? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm talking to my dad, and and I and I just say, I, and I tell him, I I think the church has changed, and it and it will continue to change. And he's like, no, the because uh, you know uh, when when you're really religious, you want to believe that God doesn't change, and so therefore your religion doesn't really change. Your your gospel doesn't really change. Just the times change. And, um, and I was saying, no, I really think it's going to change. And I think I brought up the LGBTQ question. And I said, I, I look forward to a time when, you know, the, the LGBTQ community is completely embraced yeah. by the church. And there's no more of this talk about who gets to go to heaven because of who you love, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, or, 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 or how you identify. And, uh, and my father, he he um he served as bishop of congregations and things like that, and and uh, he said, well, the church has become a lot more lenient. You know, it used to like punish isn't the right word, but discipline. You know, so so the way the church would discipline would be to say you can't um if your if your sin is grievous enough, like maybe you can't um participate in communion sacrament. Um, mm. Those kind of things for a time. <laughs> I mean, it's so I silly. Mean, what are these rules? Like six <laughs> weeks, you know, six week <laughs> probation kind of a thing. <laughs> I hope you learned your lesson. You know, it's like I, I, I don't see Jesus doing that anywhere. No. And and I was just writing about this. I I told you I write in that book. Yeah. Um. So I was just writing about Jesus and his. Uh, <sighs> his interaction with the the mob who brings the woman who's taken in adultery yeah and um and he says he who is without sin amongst you cast the first stone 
give you some spoilers, some of the ideas in my book. And I say, <laughs> you know, Jesus was inviting himself to cast the first stone because he's without sin. He's the only one there. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't do it. That's the message here. That's the message, literally. He doesn't do it. And then when the woman, when, when everybody leaves, Jesus asks the woman, where are your accusers? Does no, do none of them condemn you? And she says, no, none of them condemn you. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Yep. To me, that's God's credo. That's Jesus' whole purpose in his life is to spread this message, neither do I condemn you. Yes. So why in the world are we going around <laughs> condemning people? Social media. And social media is falling. <laughs> Watch these specials. You'll see. <laughs> it's the crazy thing is just there's so much like vilification of humans, of other people. And it's just like, I don't like these but comments. It's just like, well, I love you, but, you know, you're yes. not living right. You know, there's always a like, caveat. Why right? is there a caveat to this? Like, how about I just love you? I mean, mm -hmm. like, it's just it never ends at that. There's always a, well, this is not the way it was intended to be. Yeah, you feel like there's almost like Jesus is saying, I love you. But if you don't read the fine print, then, <laughs> you know, then there's all you these didn't come with batteries, right? Underneath. <laughs> You didn't read all this legalese that I tried to tell you. Yeah, I love you, but I love you, but I love you, but I love you. However, I love you. Although, yeah, it's a it's a conundrum, and and you know, I I try to be one of those moderate people, but in in a way that I'm not moderate, and I is in the way that I want to and attempt to embrace that. Uh, boundless, I guess, love. Yeah. To say, you know, or it's just, it, it just, uh, I mean, that's Jesus's whole mission. It's breaking down boundaries. Yeah. It, it, that sounds kind of cheesy, <laughs> but I mean, that's really what he's doing. You go and yeah. you read all the sermons and you do, you know, he, he breaks all the boundaries. When he dies on the cross, the, the veil of the temple is rent in yep, two. that's right. So now there's no more boundaries between the people and God. There's no more. And, and Jesus, you know, he says uh, in, in uh, I think, Matthew 24 or something like that, he says, you know, if somebody tells you that God's in the desert, don't don't believe him. If they, if they say he's in the secret chamber or room, don't believe them. He's literally telling people, it's like, listen, God isn't at the temple. He's not in the Holy of Holies. Okay, if you want to find God, you have to do it. It's a personal thing. That's right. And it, it, God's not in a place. No place, no person is more sacred than you are. So you just have a relationship with God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just, so all this these churches and all these teachings <laughs> are trying to stand in the way of that. Right. They're trying to say, well, you can have a personal relationship with God, but first you have to change all this stuff. Jesus never <laughs> tells anybody that. No. He never does. No. He just says, neither do I condemn you. These are people things. These are human things. It's always when people blame God for this and that, or they blame this, I'm like, well, no, that's like that's like a you thing. Like, you did that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you want a scapegoat for terrible behavior 
or bad things happen. That's actually people. People do that. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I want to add to that story real quick about the woman taking an adultery. There is no yeah. evidence. There's no proof that this woman has any idea who Jesus is. Right. Or that she believes in any of his teachings or that she ever becomes a Christian. Right. And Jesus tells her, frankly, without any kind of interview, without asking her, are you going to are you going to change your life now? Are you going <laughs> to follow me? Are you going to do what I tell you? No, he doesn't do any of that stuff. He just says, neither do I condemn you. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a huge lecture about it. And like, you know, what were you doing there? <laughs> How come, you know, this has been such a problem in your life? <laughs> like. And then all the, you know, especially like all the religious scholars and stuff, they're always testing Jesus. Always. They're always want him yeah. to slip up. You know, it's like, oh, look, what are you going to do now? We have this person here who's committed Aha. all these issues. Oh, we got you. It's like, I got you, Jesus. I got you, you bastard. Now you're going to like, <laughs> I bet you, I bet you can't work your way out of this one. And Jesus like, hold my beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? He doesn't, mm. he, this is not an ego Jesus. He, he's not like, mm. let me puff up. And he's like, all right, you know, let's, I know what's happening here, you know. <laughs> so like, Je- Jesus plays it so cool he's a in cool all guy, these situations. <laughs> like, like, you know, in that situation when he's just drawn on the ground. And, and so yeah. there's a lot of scholarship that goes into the guesswork of what right. did Jesus write in the ground. And I feel like most people talk about that at the expense of the real message. I feel like they're distracting themselves from the actual message. They're trying to say, Jesus, there's all these theories. Oh, he wrote the names of the people who were there who who were, you know, wanting to stone her. They're the real sinners, you know. They're the ones without sin. Uh, All this other, you know, kind of mumbo jumbo. And it's just like, obviously, the author didn't want you... The author of the story yeah. didn't think that what he wrote in the ground was important. <laughs> right. But if you want to go that way, according to Jewish tradition, the high priest at the temple would write the names of the person who had sinned and the sin in the dust of the temple. And the reason that you write in the dust is because it's not permanent and it's right. going gonna, it's gonna to go away. Um so if anything, Jesus wrote the name of the person and, and her sin in the right. dust of the temple. He just acted like the high priest would. Yeah. Um, but, but that's not really very interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, but however, actually, here is one interesting part of that. Jesus, if, that's, if that is what he does, if he is following tradition and he is doing that, then he is completely recognizing that this woman is guilty of the sin that they brought her in for. Right. And that's really important to once again emphasize, neither do I condemn you. Because that's a, once again, Jesus isn't saying this woman isn't, didn't do wrong. He's not saying that she wasn't, you know, breaking the, the law according to the law of Moses. He just said, I don't condemn you for it. Yeah. Exactly. It's that simple. It's pretty, I don't, just the simplicity is what we struggle with. I think it's like, no, there has to be this other aspect. And I think like the current version of things is like, okay, well, a lot of people are becoming more hip to the idea. They don't want to have this, 
these crazy punitive legalistic versions of religion. So let's just make it look like it's like a really cool concert we're going to. Yeah. And let's make it feel like, oh, you know, the pastor's wearing a leather jacket and his <laughs> hair looks amazing. And, you know, he's got on these fresh new Nike kicks, you know, it's appeal to young people and stuff. But you, know, you dive deeper. It's really not a an accurate telling of the story of Jesus and certainly not an accurate lived experience of Jesus with people. No. And I just, that's all I'm concerned about, honestly, the reality of Jesus's life and scripture and teachings. The rest of it, if it's in my way, like you, I'm like, mm, yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> like, I get down to like the basics here. You know, it's like we try to, this is the basic understanding of this. Why are we trying to make this like a, how to do quantum computing? I mean, it's like, this is, not the quantum computing of uh, religion here. I mean, this is a very basic concept here. That's, but that's what we do. We make things way more complicated than they actually do. And then we like to layer on a lot of rules with things. And then a lot yeah. of moral rules to try to keep people in check. It's like, no. And I, I, this is kind of my other thing, too, is like is, it's, this, it's kind of this whole complex that uh, is, says, hey, you're okay. But then, like, listen, if we have a personal conversation, it's not okay, just so you know. But, you know, when I'm out here, it's okay. And, you know, yeah. we're going to celebrate recovery. That's like our big thing. We're going to celebrate recovery. You know, let's not talk about the value of other things. And that could be good. It's just, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's like I've been diving into it so deeply. I'm just like, man, there's a lot of walls up that are unnecessary. You know, it's just unnecessary. And and then you go back to Jesus and, and you hear him say, you know, all these things like, blessed are the poor, blessed yeah. are the meek. Basically what he's doing is he's breaking down the walls between the rich and the poor, this, the, the yeah. haves and the have-nots, the sinners, the so-called sinners and the so-called righteous. <laughs> and, he, and, and, you know, he's saying the, those... He that is greatest among you is the servant, you know, all these things. And uh, it's like, why haven't we got that message? I mean, that is so basic. And it's like yeah. parenthood 101. Yes. Because you know as a parent that you're, you know, uh, I guess you can say, better than the child but but not not i'm not even talking like moralistically or anything like that i'm just yeah. saying you're smarter you can do more you you're more able but all you do is serve the child yeah like your life as a parent is serving the child and uh not condemning the child yeah not anything like that i mean i i get so frustrated and I end up going on social media and taking out my frustrations on the first <laughs> idiot who posts something I don't like. Oh, no, Simon. This is the it doesn't happen the very often. <laughs> I love getting in arguments with other people. <laughs> I just, some, it just happened the other day. Somebody posted something about uh, like the Pride Month and Target and oh, all this okay. BS, yeah. you know. And I just went off on that person. Oh, really? What'd you say? Some of it was really specific. 
Um, so the they what they had shared was like one of these really fake open letters, okay. you know, that people create and then they pass it around on social media. And this one, they were actually talking about one of the designers that Target had um, hired. And we're going to highlight in their lineup, and uh, they use some satanic stuff in their in their image, some pentagrams and things like that. And one of their T-shirts that, that I think is a pretty popular one is is one that says um, Satan supports uh, pronouns. And I think that's a funny T-shirt. I think that's great. <laughs> I mean, that's great social commentary right there. Um, but of course, this open letter thing was saying, oh, you you know, we, we're not going to shop at Target anymore because you're you have a Satanist you know, in your uh -huh. lineup and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm just curious. I'm going to take yeah. 30 seconds of my day and I'm going to Google this guy's name. Yeah. And it, the first thing that came up was an interview with him saying, oh, I'm not Satanist. I just thought, you know, that was a cool concept and everything. And, and I use some of the stuff in my designs, but it has nothing to do with any kind of religiosity or belief. Yeah. So I go back to this person and I say and I saw so and I asked them point blank. I say, uh, how does God feel about spreading lies and gossip? <laughs> and and I said, you know, and I said something to the effect of there's a difference between being um sardonic and satanic. Yeah. And an intelligent person, a thoughtful oh, yeah. person can know the difference. Even if they are satanic. You as a Christian supposedly standing up for Christian beliefs, everything that we just said today Time and time again, Jesus applauds those who don't believe in the same gods that Jesus does. Right. <laughs> I mean, one of the most basic Christian messages of Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, is basically like, if you guys believe you're better than the Jewish people, we get a lot of anti-Semitism <laughs> yeah, out of that. Right. Well, it's a double-edged sword. It man, is a really. double-edged sword. Paul, Paul is like the biggest double-edged sword in the Bible. For sure. You know? Completely. I mean, <laughs> his life and everything. I mean, come on. Yeah. Life is a double-edged sword. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we can blame him for so many things, uh, good and bad. You know, for 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 the traditions of of Christianity since then, but um, you know, and, and then the the open letter actually ends with a a scripture from the famous scripture from uh, Joshua chapter one, where you know, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord, you know, kind of thing, and, mm -hmm. and I just friendly reminder that Joshua led the people of Israel to commit genocide multiple times over friendly after that reminder. beautiful little speech. <laughs> You know, and I no said, and I said, not protecting their families and their homes from outsiders, but they were the outsiders going and destroying families and homes because they said they claimed God gave us this land. Yeah. I mean, it's how is that still a thing? I don't even <laughs> get it. That that somebody thinks a parcel of land was given to them by God. Yeah, I know. Is the most outlandish thing. I mean, it, 
You can't parody that shit, man, because it is a parody of itself. Take it easy. I feel a Star Wars level, like, an, <laughs> like I'm about to go. Start. I'm about to go. Uh, what is what is that movie <laughs> called? The Last Jedi on this shit. I mean, you're when you're doing Anakin Skywalker level. Yeah. I mean, I feel the juices <laughs> going. <laughs> like, we're not talking these, about revelations all, either. Okay. All these, <laughs> All these Christian hypocrites are about to become Tuscan Raiders, all right? That's what's about to happen here. Uh, I killed them. I killed them all. You weren't giving um, this. Come on. You're not giving this. Come on. Relax. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I went on, you know, pretty, uh, it wasn't that lengthy of a tirade, but it was It was a good, maybe like three yeah. paragraphs, you know, where okay, I just- Okay, this is a decent tore, amount. Tore I mean, yeah, I, I, I just- I, I try to be succinct because I, you yeah. know, uh, I don't, I don't want to ramble on in my social media. And I mean, for heaven's sakes, I think that was the first time I'd actually posted something on social media in like two months. <laughs> and that's what it was. And that's what it ends up being. Yeah. I'm so mad at Facebook and the algorithm because they put this guy, I don't even know this dude. I, I seriously don't. Yeah. He's like somebody who friended me. I think he's, I think he's a member of my congregation. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's an even better story. Yeah. <laughs> But he's at best an acquaintance. Yeah. And so why is this dude at the top of my feed? Yeah. How about the people that I've been interacting with on social media for like 15 years? How about you put <laughs> them at the top of my feed and not some joker who's who's just re-posting re, uh, bullshit? They want, the con- they want the conflict. The conflict creates a lot of engagement. That's, I guess so. Yeah, you know, that's, that's true. That's true. Conflict I mean, is way better than peacefulness. You know, I mean, it's it just way better. Like for uh, the companies, it's way better. It's just an it's just an engagement machine. That's all it is. It's like, oh, how could I make people be on this more often and have more people view it? Well, I mean, it can't be nice. If it was nice, it's like, eh. yeah. people drop out <laughs> of nice things. I don't do that, but this I like is the, the thought nice process. Stuff. I, love I just nice want things. to see like my friends and their kids and what they're up to. That's all I you want. You know, you're so boring, Simon. I mean, yeah, like... I know. <laughs> I know. But you know, a I good don't want lesson. To leave snarky remark. I know. But... but what this is a good lesson, I think, to transition into Conan. Yes, people, we're going to talk about Conan the Barber. <laughs> I was like, but there's that great scene, which I think really links this when uh, Conan and the sorcerer guy are talking about their gods. Oh, and it's 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 the other thief. It's not the sorcerer. Yeah, the thief, the thief, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, he's my god is in the sky. You know, he's he's, he's the four winds. Four, four winds, yeah. you know, crumb and and you know, Conan's god is crumb. You know the earth. The earth, you know, he's and it's powerful. like they, he is the mountain. It's the mountains. It's, well mine's over the top of your mountains. Yeah, <laughs> your like, god your god lives under my god, I think is what he like, says. But it was almost comical. You know, it, it wasn't I, like I think it's a great moment actually because in a modern movie our hero would have something quippy to say about that. Yes. But yes. Conan, he doesn't. He just like he looks, looks at, at him. him. He just like, hmm. hmm. I gotta tell you, man, it's scenes like those that make Conan the Barbarian the great movie that it is. It's a short yes. little scene. It can't be more than a minute. Yes. Maybe, you know. But what is said in that minute is so good and it's so important and it's so much character building in just one seriously like one minute of dialogue 
in which nothing's resolved and our hero doesn't come out on top, you know, in this little conversation. And I just love that. I mean, the, the movie, once again, like we said in the last one, like people just listening to this who, who either haven't seen the original Conan the Barbarian or, or they haven't watched it since the 80s and maybe yeah. have forgotten. It's one of the best scripts, I think, of any fantasy film, like swords and sorcery film. Yes. You know, it's and, great. And it's some of the best cinematography, too. When Conan's mother gets beheaded, oh, that scene, the cinematography of that scene, the angles, the viewpoints, child, 10 year old Conan or whatever. He doesn't even look up to see that his mom's no. head is gone. He's looking at his own hand that his mother has let go of and as she's fallen headless to the headless ground. Headless to the side, yeah. And they frame Co- you know, young Conan looking at his hand and, and between his face and his hand is uh, Ulsa Doom is yeah. right in yeah, the background. Name, <laughs> yeah, looking at. I mean, Darth Vader basically looking yeah. at him in the background, and um, no words. A completely silent scene in a modern movie. Once again, there would have been talking, a lot of talking, <laughs> and if there would a Marvel and no, movie, a and, lot of and jokes. nobody would have said anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was, I mean, that scene is so brilliantly done. I mean, you know, there's an opening narration for about, I don't know, 30 seconds. Then you have Conan's father talking to him. And then for about, I don't know, five minutes of storytelling or, uh, or something like that, there's no words. There's no, it's all just done in, I mean, there's, there's might be a few people yelling or whatever during the fighting and stuff. There's no real dialogue. It's the storytelling done with images and great music. Great. Amazing music. soundtrack. Yes. Amazing soundtrack. Like really, really solid. And it fits the scenes. So I actually yeah. really love the music when they're in the uh, tower and the palace. Oh, it's so good. So good. And it just keeps building. It just kind of, yeah, it just like, it's like this swirling vortex of music that just, like you said, it just keeps swirling and building and building and swirling. And all the hedonism going on in like, this kind of like, it's just like a thing, you know? Oh man, it's so good. It's so everything. I can't think of, I mean, other than a few special effects, yeah. I can't think of anything really like weak about this movie. No. Can you think of anything to like no. harshly criticize? Like, oh, I don't know about that. No. It actually just pulls you in. Like, it just sounds funny. It's just like, you know, when the kids are traveling across the country after, you know, they basically ransacked the village and they got them mm-hmm. all in the chains and then they're pushing yeah, that thing around and it's just like the whole scene there. There's nothing happening like talking wise. It's just time. But and once again, you you you're being told this story about without how saying Conan anything. Be- yeah, yeah. But Conan gets stronger. Yeah. Without going anywhere. I mean, the the way that they're <laughs> yeah. walking in a circle is also just yes. perfect symbolism perfect. of that. He doesn't go anywhere, but all he does is become stronger. And yep. till the point till he's the last per- person there. 
Yeah, and right. you don't know what's happened to everybody else. They haven't shown what happened to anybody else, but you kind of, you think, you know, you kind of infer it's like, yeah, they probably all died of, dead. you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah of, uh, like, exhaustion from pushing this thing. Right. But this guy, and once again, never spoken. It's never, never said it was his iron will that showed him through, you know, never. Yeah. We never have to hear it. You just see it. You do. And through all the seasons changing, he's pushing and it's cold, it's hot. It's just like telling a story without having to say it's winter. It's, uh, you know, and this time Conan was feeling this way. It was none of that. It's like, (laughs) it's just all of a sudden then he raises his head and you see him finally, you know, as this adult. And it's like, man, he's very naive, you know, and of course he would, right? Of course he would be like this man child, you know? And they just do with him whatever they want. And he becomes the gladiator, you know, um, which is a great first scene where they just make him sit there. He has no idea what's happening until he's just being attacked. And he's like, oh, crap, this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. That's the big, strong guy. He's like, oh, I guess I'm going to be dead if I don't do anything here. Exactly. (laughs) But he's never fought before. No. So he's just he has no idea what's happening. Um, but I love that, you know, there, once again, we have some of that narration. We have the sorcerer who's narrating throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, narration can be really hit or miss. It really you know? can. Yeah. But I'm all for the narration in Conan. I don't think they waste a single word yeah. within the narration. The narration always has something interesting to say and to comment on. Um, and it's uh, I'm bl- I'm blanking on the actor's name who plays the sorcerer, but he has a, just yeah. a great voice for it. Love too. the voice; you know, it it's right, really an amazing is like amazing voice. Uh, Conan, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> my lord, my lord, <laughs> in the days of high adventure, you know, it's just perfect. It is great. Is you know, it's like the it's like they already they have this relationship, and he's retelling all this this greatness about. This one, this this champion, this this gladiator, you know. Yep. Let me tell you the story of my master. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and I think that's where you know Conan the Destroyer really oh. falls. I mean, it falls short in every way. It's such a disappointment. I mean, it, you know, I used the word parody earlier. It is a parody of Conan. It's definitely a parody from I mean, the outfits and everything, man. I'm yeah. telling you. Uh, in comparison, it looks clean. Everybody looks it's clean. Too clean. It's too clean. You know, yeah. like he's taking um, showers daily and stuff. It's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, they rely on a lot of, um, I don't know. They just do a lot. as a child. I feel like it's almost like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how nonsensical most of the scenes are. <laughs> as a kid, I thought it was so cool when he fights the monster in the room of mirrors. Yeah. He fights the yeah. wizard. Right. And he has to choose between the two mirrors at the end. And it's like, well, why does he have to choose? He can just go break both of them. Why does he have to throw his sword? He doesn't have to throw his sword. This doesn't make any sense. And the people yeah. are at, the, the people on the other side of the mirror, is his companions are like, no, no, not this one. Don't throw it at us. It's yeah. like, just move out of the way. <laughs> you guys, you're in like a big hallway. Just move. <laughs> you don't have to stand there back there. Right. It's like nothing about it makes any sense whatsoever. I know. But the filmmakers want you to believe that Conan has to make this choice where to throw it. I mean, it's just like, this is so, it's such garbage. 
it is garbage. garbage. He's always he's always doing like the extra moves with the sword that are very unnecessary. Yeah, like he's always like you know for no reason. Like it's no it's reason just at all. Just like showing off. Like that's not yeah. a Conan thing. Like I don't know. It's just weird to me. No, if you watch the the bat the fight scenes in the first movie, yeah. There's maybe like two moves. Even when he's right. facing he- down a nemesis, yes. there's like two moves, and that's it. That's it. Because once you get hit by one of those things, none of these guys are wearing armor. There's none of no. this bull crap that you can get cut and with this big <laughs> sword, and you're going to keep fighting. No, you get hit by that sword, you're down. You're down. You're down. You're, you got you're a big down. gaping gash, and you're down. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There's and a it doesn't matter how body. big and t- yeah, it doesn't <laughs> matter how big and tough you are. You yeah. get hit, you're down. And I I really like that about the first Conan movie. It's yeah. like Conan himself, he's not indestructible. You know, they, they no. you know he's they grab him and beat the crap out of him. You know, he's not crucify just like, him. <laughs> yeah, he's not commando Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, he gets not, tackled no. by twenty cops <laughs> and throws him off his back. You know, he's not. It's that is not this movie. And I feel like. A lot of people, when they think of Arnold Schwarzenegger and they think of Conan the Barbarian, they they think it's going to be that kind of movie, and it's not. Yeah. It's not at all. It's, no. you, you could have... Arnold was perfect for Conan. Yes. But you could have cast somebody else who didn't, who wasn't so big, sure. you know, who, yeah. who could have been. But, you know, I mean, if you want him to look like the comics, I mean, uh, sure. Arnold was... He was just perfect. He was. Yeah. And he well, doesn't have... Doom, you know was a great yeah. character in it too, man. James Earl Jones, just when he was staring at people with those eyes. Oh, okay. Like, I wanted oh, to bring that up. That's a great scene, right? And then the mythology of like, they say he's a thousand years old. You yeah. know, it's like there's this fantasy element to it, but they don't linger on it at all. No. Which I thought was interesting too. Yeah. Um, when we first see him use his... I'm just going to call it charisma, his powers of charisma, where he just looks at somebody and he can make them do his will. That's what you do to me, Simon, I think. Uh. Just look at me and then I just start, you know. (laughs) I'm going to show up. Once again, the first time we see that is in that scene with Conan's mother. Yes. When he cuts her head off, but she's standing there with a sword and and people... Nobody wants to be the one to go near her because, you yeah. know, they're like, yeah, you're you're probably going to get gassed by this woman who's yes. protecting her son. She looks yes. ferocious. She does. And he just walks up to her. And once again, in a modern movie, they would have done some kind of computer generated effect. They would, <laughs> you know, you would have seen it happen. Somebody would have whispered what's happening to explain it. But yeah. no, in this movie, James Earl Jones is the special effect. Yes, his expression, yes. the way he looks at her, the way that she, her face softens and her sword lowers, no words spoken, no special effects used. You get it. You know what's happening. You get it. And you don't see the sword slicing through her neck. And yeah, stuff. No it's blood, actually just no a real nothing. quick turn he makes. Yeah. It's very quick. And then all of a sudden, whew. and the camera's tight. tight. So you don't really see, you don't see the sword even go. You know, no, you just see him no. turn. Yeah. But you know, you know what happened. And of you course you do happens. see like yeah. the head fall. The but head but once fall. again, you really just see the hair. You don't see her face. Yeah. You don't see blood. Yeah. You don't see anything like that. It's I mean, it's very well done. Everything about that scene's perfect. Everything yes. about it. James Earl Jones in this movie is perfect. He's perfectly cast, just like Arnold was. Yep. Um 
really, I think all the characters in here were, yeah. were really well done. You know, the leading lady, um, Valeria. Yeah. <laughs> she's not a great actress. Let's just, <laughs> no. let's just put it nicely. She's not a great no. actress. Um, but she does, she does a good job. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying she's not an actress who's going to go on and do a lot no, of no. any, any serious, you know, other no. film work, but no, she was athletic. Yeah. She was like pretty enough. She wasn't like, yeah, yeah I, actually she's very attractive because of how cool I she agree. is. I totally agree. If you just see her, like if you were to just see a photo of her, I don't think you'd be like, wow, what a, yeah. what a babe or something like that. And once again, I kind of like that about I her. I liked it she's, too. She's, she's a bit more plain than you would expect from a leading woman um, in, in, in something where you're supposed to be like, I don't know, you know, the sexy fantasy girls, you know, I mean, whatever. Honestly, these are rough times they're living in. It looks like yeah. medieval-ish times. There's really, there can't be that many hot people. No. The time it's like a rough time. It's yeah, like, people aren't bathing regularly. No. Not, they don't use Disgusting. toilet paper. I mean, no. I don't know. It's, it's just <laughs> she so, was almost too put together on some level. Yeah, I was like wow, she's very clean. <laughs> like, oh man, very skilled. I mean, it's like. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, um, she's not invincible, but right. she's awesome. Yeah, like she holds her own with Conan. You know, yes. I mean, she she's kind of the leader of their group, even though Conan right. is kind of the leader, but she's kind of the leader, really. Right. And the way she just cuts through people and everything, once again, it's like it's believable the way she does it. Yeah. If she were yeah. to like hand to hand combat Conan, you know, or somebody yeah. as big as he is. And she were to like do a bunch of like the flippy twirl stuff and yeah. a modern movie would have her do the thing where the, all the girls do this, where they get up on the shoulders and do a leg lock and yeah, flip the guy and over. They flip you know? him over I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like standard girl hero 101 move yeah. right there yeah. uh, in the 2000s. But she never does any of that kind of BS crap. You know, no, she just no. cuts people up with her sword. It's like, well, yeah. I, Put a yeah. sword in her hand. She's got enough skill, and yeah. you know she, she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah, but, no, it's true. But she's awesome. She's she's and she's brave and she's courageous and uh, and she and the other guy save Conan's life and yep. they have that weird scene. And some of this movie's pretty weird. They have that weird scene where they're just like holding on to him while the the devils or whatever <laughs> yeah. the demons are trying yeah, to take him CG, away. That, they, they, uh, the, you know, it's like okay, that looks a little bad. I mean, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, but like that's what I'm but saying. I get what they're trying to do. Like that's the fantasy, the kind of the supernatural element. Yeah, and there's always that in there. And then I like kind of her attitude. She's like, "What well, you want to live forever?" It's yeah, like, that's kind of her mantra. You want to live forever? Like, yep. you know, there's like an honor in dying and dying well. And that whole thing, like being courageous, you know, almost like, oh, you just want to die of old age. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's good. I always thought that was very interesting to me, you know. Yeah, it's a great line. And and when she comes back as like, <laughs> yeah. she, she's, she's almost like a, a Valhalla. Yeah, that's right. Know, yeah. Uh, Spectre who comes back and yeah. kind of saves, watches his back in one of the times and, you know, um which is kind of an answer to Conan's prayer, which is something I definitely yeah. wanted to touch on. The yes. one time he prays, and he had made it clear before <laughs> that he's never prayed before. Right. He believes in a God, but he doesn't pray to it. Yeah. Um, and in a way, I think it's a really good 
and, and this will sound weird because what we're normally talking about when we talk about our criticisms about modern Christianity is people being too zealous, the zealots, the zealots. You know? Yeah. Conan's definitely not a zealot. But the point I'm making is, is that he believes in Krom. He wants his God to be the best God. And he's disappointed <laughs> yeah. when he's, when his God is not the best God, but he doesn't really take it seriously. No. Throughout his life. And that's no. the parallel I want to make is that I don't think modern Christians take their religion seriously. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. And, and, and you want your God to be the best God. You want Jesus to be a certain way. But you don't take your religion seriously enough to go and investigate and, and read <laughs> and study and, and do all this stuff to find out and to question. Just question, is question. your God really like that? Is Jesus really like that? Yes. Did Jesus actually say any of that stuff that people want to claim he said? You know, right. And without asking and being honest about it, then you're not taking it seriously. Right. So I think most Christianity is a joke. Let's just say it. Let's just put it out there. And the way Conan does it, he basically tries to like, you know, hey, he makes this prayer and is like, if it doesn't work out, the hell with you. you yeah. Know, it's like, he says, it, if you, you know, don't want to help, the hell with yeah, you. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's like, there's a limit to this. You know, it's like, you put it on terms. <laughs> it's like, so, um, I've caused controversy in the past by saying, no. I, I, I know, right? <laughs> And I think we've actually talked about it, if I remember, okay. um, by saying I would prefer Jesus who didn't pr perform miracles. Yeah. Have we ever talked about that? I, very, very. I remember it, but not deeply, honestly. Yeah. And people are like, but, but why? I mean, you know, the miracles are so important. It proves that he's, no, it doesn't. It doesn't prove anything. Yeah. There's, there's tons of people who've healed and done, perform miracles and perform in all kinds of mythologies throughout the entire world. Yeah. Jesus is not special in any way, shape, or form in that regard that he performs miracles. And so I would have preferred a Jesus who just taught and stood by his teachings and because he's not killed for the miracles. He's not crucified no. for, for performing miracles. That's none, none of that is, is the reason why he's, he's uh, uh, put to death. Um, so I would have preferred just a Jesus who just teaches, stands by his teachings, and is willing to die for the, what he believes is to be the to be true that's the jesus that i would prefer be, and, and here's here's the other side of that because here's another reason it's like a jesus who performs miracles well why didn't he perform the miracle when i needed it yeah i had faith i believed where were you right and uh, Frankly, that's kind of my attitude. My attitude is really a lot like Conan's sometimes, where I'm just like, you know what? I put all this time and faith and everything into you, and you, when you're, if you're not going to be here when I need you, then to hell with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need a God of miracles who doesn't perform the miracle when I need the miracle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that just... And people will say, oh, God's more... He's smarter than you. He knows more. He, yeah. you know, his ways are higher than yours. It's like... That's a cop out, okay? It's a big <laughs> cop out. There's horrors being performed all over the world. For people sure. who need miracles, people who are suffering, dying, and and to 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 cop out and say, oh well, God is just wiser and He helps when no, yeah. no, He's just not helping. Yeah. 
So it, come up with a better reason than that. So yeah, all that to say, I would prefer a Jesus who never performed miracles. <laughs> <laughs> I had a controversy. I've stirred up controversy. I'm like, man, I've... <laughs> I don't, is that true? I mean, it's like, <laughs> no, you never do that. Uh, mm. You know what's funny? It's a controversy because it's it's a take that is just not prevalent among people because a lot of people just don't. They do the uh, Arnold thing in the movie. They just kind of go, "Yeah, this is my God." Okay, you know, all right, you know, the God that was given to me by my parents or the people who raised me or authority yes. figures. That and uh, they that. go, okay, you know, but they never really take it serious. Um, and then when, when you're confronted with something that you know is kind of a barrier to having the first <laughs> relationship, it's just it's just flim flam, kind of out there reasoning for why, like very over the top generalized reason that makes yeah. no intelligent, that has no intelligent discussion related to it. So, well, you don't so, want to confront the reality of it. I mean, that's just say that. I don't know. I can't, I can't explain that, you know, mm-hmm. just say that. I don't know. Like, yeah. Just okay. say, I don't know why God doesn't do me. I mean, just, that's okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> like, um, there was a great, um, talk given by one of the leadership in the Mormon church. So, um, they they have, you know, the church has, uh, you know, the education system, you know, yeah. so all these people who work in the church education write all the, the textbooks and all the kind of stuff yeah and, and teaching and, and, um, anyway, he's given this great talk and, and it's important that's to the educational system of the church because it, this guy, uh, his name is elder Ballard. He's one of the 12 apostles that, High the the main leadership of the church, and he's saying to the educational system uh, leadership that he says we have failed our young people, and we failed our young people in not providing for them ways to answer difficult questions. And he said something that I thought was so needed and so profound, and I just want to go around and just like go to every Mormon chapel and just shout it in sacrament in their in their communion and sacrament meetings. Where he says. A testimony is not an answer to a difficult question. Mm. And saying, I don't know, isn't good enough. Because there's too much information out there now. So if you can't answer the question in church, we're going to go outside of church. You can bear your your testimony all you want, but you haven't answered the most fundamental questions. Why is there suffering? Why didn't God answer my prayers? Why didn't he help somebody who didn't pray? If they're his child too, why did he, why did anybody have to even ask if, if I, if I, one of my children needs help, they don't have to ask for my help. I volunteer it. Yeah. I mean, these are really fundamental questions of religion and Christianity that people will say, you know, that they don't know. Well, I don't know isn't good enough. And it, because each generation's getting smarter, they're more hip. Yeah. And they have more information than we ever did when we were growing up. So they are going to ask the hard questions. And when their pastor, bishop, parent, whoever it is, says, I don't know. They're not going to stick around. That's true. That so is totally want, true. 
if you want parents, pastors, whoever, you know, if you want your congregation, your children, whoever it is to stick around, because we all know attendance is way down. Way down. <laughs> way down. Way down. It's because you're 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 either a mega church who's too busy with the rock band who doesn't answer <laughs> any questions, or you're probably on the other side of the scale who you're you're too fundamental That's and you're right. just and, and and so you're not daring to ask the questions because the questions go beyond the fundamentalist capacity to even ponder. Simon. You brought it. This is very deep. You, I mean, you really brought it in here. You know, this is uh, every time you come in here, either you get worked up about this or Star Wars. I'm serious, man. <laughs> it's like there's like two. So the two most issues. important things in my life, <laughs> not not Star Wars, not Star Wars. Um, Star <laughs> the Wars is really getting ripped ripped yeah. apart, man. The prequels just get Simon really going. It's well, and, you know, I mean, it, it, in that way, it's like it, it's almost like my parents raised me on Star Wars. It's it, it's almost yeah. as if that was like a second religion, you know. I mean, it really was. Really I mean, not seriously. because my parents. No, I mean, not because my parents were huge Star Wars nerds sure. or anything like that. They weren't anything like that. We all just enjoyed the movies. I don't even sure. know how much my parents enjoyed the movies, but maybe they just enjoyed <laughs> us enjoying the movies. I don't know. But the, the the point of that is, is that I spent so much time watching playing pretending yeah. thinking about star wars as a as a as a young kid up until probably about age eight ten something yeah. like that that it really was like another it was like a foundational building block of my youth yes. that was just as influential as religion was even right. though i didn't worship star <laughs> so anyway, that's why I get worked up about these things yeah. because it's like you you grow up and 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 you know for with Star Wars, you know the the filmmakers take it away from you. It's like they rip the the rug yeah. out from under you. <laughs> um and, and in church, it's all the bad traditions, yes. uh ignorance and oftentimes uh, str uh, uh, straight up lies. Straight that up you lies. find out about you yes. find out about it, and you're just like, "Oh man, like, what do I do now?" Yeah, what well, do I do? It can with no this? longer exist in its current state. Yeah, I think that's a part of it because I agree with that. People, especially younger people in today's younger generation, they want answers. Damn it! And if it doesn't make sense, or at least you, even if it, if you're not explaining it that in a way that sounds like, "Okay, I understand how you got to this point." And you, it's intelligible. It's like I'm done. I'm not. I'm not into this. You know. And uh, you know, this kind of this dinosaur mentality is pervasive for a lot of people. Or and let's just. Be, I'm going to do a hot take. I'm going to do. You know, I'm, Simon. I'm sick me. of you taking all the hot takes. All right. <laughs> Hit me. I mean, the reality of this is my personal opinion is there's just so many, much of it is just mimics a cult. It just does. It's mm -hmm. just there's so much cultish behavior. And uh, a Christian church, I hate to say it, it just is. So it's that's why I think it's very difficult for me to find a home because the every time I dive deeper, I answer questions like this isn't doing it for me. This isn't doing it for me. That's not doing it for me. And I mean, I do have a place that uh, you know I I watch the messages on a regular basis, and it's like one of the only places I've ever experienced that was actually. Like, okay, this makes a lot of sense to me. 
Mm-hmm. But I think just a lot of it is just so cultish. And like, we have to get rid of that element of it. And I think it's just cults, just even like in going back to Conan, Tulsa Doom's thing was a cult. It was literally a cult. Like, it's what it was. It's like, and, 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 and the thousands of members of his cult were generally speaking, probably weren't bad people. Right. We saw what happened at the end when, yes. when he dies. Everybody just leaves. He's like, like, oh, oh I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, they're like, I guess he wasn't immortal. I yeah. guess he wasn't the great god we thought yeah. they were. I mean, yeah. once again, Conan, this movie is subtle, but if you want it to, it has this kind of profound messaging to it. Yeah. Where, I mean, <laughs> It's a serpent cult. Conan has literally yes. cut off the head of the serpent. Right. What more kind of like Christian parallel parallelism can you get? Yeah. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it, it's an amazing movie. It's an amazing, amazing movie. Like so, like I know a lot of people are probably listen and go, really, Conan the Barbarian? Seriously. That means you probably haven't watched it in a long time. Like, yeah, I guess there's not a lot of people watching Conan the Barbarian, probably. This is why Simon and I, you know, listen, yeah. we're going to watch the old stuff that you haven't watched <laughs> in a long and we're going to tell you about it. And this movie has such strong relation, like like ties to that stuff. And that's kind of why does. I wanted to start with what I was saying about like watching the show and stuff, because like, this has a huge religious tie in. It just does. You know, if you look deeply into this movie, it is a hugely it has a huge relationship with cults and religion and what you grow up with and like uh, traditions and themes and masculinity. I mean, it's like literally dripping with all of this stuff, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's amazing. I mean, um, I love so many of these older Arnold Schwarzenegger movies that where kind of toxic masculinity really kind of gets dismantled. Yeah. Conan, this invincible, you know, you think he's an invincible hero you or whatever. He no, he's yeah. not. And he ends up nailed yeah. to a tree and he has to have his life saved by those who you would deem as far weaker than he is. And he's right. literally saved by a woman. And yes. it's not because this woman is, you know, Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's be- But she is an amazing woman, but she's yes. not one of these invincible, you know, Mary Sue's, <laughs> you know. Look at the disdain in your voice. I look at you. You're just this disdain in you right now, man. <laughs> I just, I just, I just feel like Hollywood looks at these movies and they get the wrong message from them. Yeah. They, 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 they all the wrong takeaways. Oh, we have a badass female character who kicks butt. And they take that so over the top. Yeah. Or even just a, even just Arnold's character in Conan, it's like, oh man, he's so cool and he's so awesome. Let's make him now. We know he can, we he can kick butt. We also know he can make people laugh. Let's make Conan the Destroyer and yeah. make it funny. It's like they just take all the wrong things out uh, of this stuff. Yeah, and you forget why Conan the Barbarian is so freaking right. good. Why Valeria is such a great character. Yes. Why she's so cool, and uh, you know so. Uh, 
that's why that's the disdain in my voice when i just see people getting taking having all the wrong takeaways from these movies and then making these other movies and saying oh yeah it's like conan it's like no it's not no no it's not no that jason momoa disaster oh that's a disastrous movie that's horrible i couldn't believe it i was beside myself (laughs) i literally couldn't believe it no i'm i'm not kidding because this was supposed to be a reboot they tried to do some of the similar steps you know in the beginning and stuff like that but i was just like this is exactly it's like it's like they took a list of everything you and i have said conan the barbarian did right and they said, let's do the opposite. Yeah. And it was <laughs> so weird. I let's was like, this reboot is garbage. Conan and do the opposite of what made Conan good. <laughs> so trash. <laughs> I, I liked your take, though. Uh, the cultism take. Um, Shannon and I have actually talked about that a lot recently. Uh, Shannon uh, had this profound moment where she put cult in culture. She, she, she realized that cult was the root word of culture. Mm. and she was sharing that with me and we were talking about that and i was like no that is that is a very profound statement because when we talk about church culture what are we talking about (laughs) exactly (laughs) there's a lot in this and there are people who study this and they have it dialed in of you know cult culture and if you really look at a lot of the characteristics you're like wow um a lot of these, especially the fundamentalist evangelical versions of these, are literally cults. They're literally cults. I mean, they just are. The people in them don't. The thing is, when you're in it, you don't know that you're in a cult. You know, yeah. But they're in a cult. I mean, it's like. Yeah, absolutely. When you're in a cult, you don't call it a cult. No. Like, no, no. I, I don't like to give Donald Trump a lot of airtime. But honestly, at this point, that whole revolution that they call it a revolution, whatever, it's a cult. I mean, people are wearing the same outfits. They're all gathering together over one charismatic leader, and it rules over all their decision making in their life. That's a fucking cult. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You've been isolating yourself from other information that contradicts what you're saying. If you even slightly into this and you listen to it, I'm telling you, you are literally in a cult. You are in a yeah. cult. Absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 you know, when, when people make parallels between Donald Trump and Hitler, I think I think sometimes we miss the point because yeah. I, I think somebody, we're not saying he's that Donald Trump is is going to murder, you know, yeah. you know, gas, you know, uh, a sure. commit genocide is what I'm trying to say. We're trying to say that whatever kind of charisma that Hitler had that, 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 uh, uh, Tulsa doom, you know, yeah, <laughs> he looks at people, makes him do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah. Um, for whatever reason, Donald Trump seems to have that. He has and, that. And, yeah. to, to, to those of us who don't like him, he has the opposite effect on us. Right. But for whatever reason, and, and the same, the same was with Hitler. If you didn't right. like what Hitler was about and what he was saying, you know, and things like that, you didn't like the Nazi movement, which most of Germany didn't. I want to always remind people yeah. of that. Um, <laughs> exactly. But but these are the parallels. You know, most of America doesn't like Donald Trump. Correct. Somehow he's president. 
you know, because <laughs> in our because in our country you don't need to win the popular vote. That's exactly right. If if we did things by the popular vote, he'd never be president. No, N- not even close. So mm. I mean, it's a real conundrum that we have a cult leader that most people don't like, who 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 has such a strong effect on people. And the people are just very ignorant about their own history, especially in America. Like I have, my wife and I are doing this really, I think it's a neat project where we're doing a deep dive on every U.S. president. So we're starting at the beginning. That's great. So I have George Washington and then uh, Michelle is doing John Adams and we do a report back to each other. Nice. Because I'm like, you know what? This is the same thing with religion and spirituality. I need to be able to explain why I'm into this, you know? And I need to have a good understanding of this. So I'm like, I'm going to apply this to America because I'm tired of hearing all this bullshit about founding fathers and they wanted things like this. I'm like, okay, honestly, I don't know a lot about it. And so, uh, you know, I've done the report, the whole thing, deep dive on George Washington. And I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, these people literally don't know who this person is. I'm like comparing what I learned to what I hear people saying. Um, like in these extremist movements are like, I, I don't think they actually know anything about <laughs> the big person because George Washington did not have a political party. He hated he political, political devices. Parties. He denounced yeah. it because uh, farewell Jefferson, address. he said, don't create political parties. Don't do this. He said three things that will bring down this nation would be regionalism, partisanship and foreign affairs. Yep. This was the beginning and a person who actually did not want to become the president was very hesitant. He just wanted to go back to Mount Vernon and spend his days there. You know, the whole thing. That's and the I'm perfect president. Rice, the greatest, great president who was not really wanting to do it, didn't want to be famous for it, but realized he had a responsibility. Exactly. With that. He realized that pe- this experiment was going to fail if he didn't. If he didn't. And they all, even though they were all like pissing at each other, and they, even the people on different sides, they said, no, 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 Washington has to be the president. Yeah. No, no, this won't work without this person yep. doing it. And he he literally despised political to political parties. I'm yeah. like, how ironic. <laughs> if you ask somebody randomly in the street, it was like, you know, founding fathers. I'm like, do you know the, the original founding father was not into this idea that you're spouting? Oh, exactly. True. No, it's very true. I was like, yeah. <laughs> you can thank Jefferson for one side of this equation. like literally i was like this is insane it's just people are not up to date on you know people who are spouting america the most i love america i'll put a boot in your ass know the least about america you know who knows the most about america? i'm getting upset right now you know who knows the most about america immigrants know the most about america they, they know the most about these. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they know the most about America. Most Americans know nothing about America. The history, it's crazy. Like <laughs> Once again, it, it goes back, there's a perfect parallel to, to religion because it's like, yeah, you're a zealot for your religion, for your country, but you don't take it seriously. There you go. You don't know anything <laughs> about it. You, you actually don't take it seriously. You don't know enough about it to, to be as zealous as you are. Yes. You're, you're believing in shadows. Mm. Oh, that was a good one, Simon. You know what? You come up with a good one every once in a while. You're believing in shadows. Oh, man. I love I, that. I love studying the history of our nation, and, and there's so many great um, books out there I've read 
really yeah. wonderful books. There's books, uh, there's a book called Founding Brothers that I mm. really enjoy. It's, um, it's about the founding fathers, but it's not about yeah. their relationships to each other. That's right. Um, great book on George Washington for people who are interested. Uh, His Majesty George Washington, an amazing biography of President Washington. Um, I was enraptured by it. Uh, oh, amazing. Thomas Jefferson, uh, American Sphinx, amazing biography. Actually, if I remember right, all three of these books I mentioned are the same author, but he's an amazing historian. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so the lit- what, but my point in bringing that up is that the literature is out there. There are um, uh, people who are doing amazing nonpartisan yes. biographies of our founding fathers and especially a book like Founding Brothers, it's actually not a very long book. Some of you might look at um, American Sphinx or His Majesty George right. Washington because they're big, thick books. And you might be intimidated by them. But Founding Brothers is actually a, a nice small book. And but it just delves into the relationships between these these men. And, and it's fascinating. It's just it is so fascinating. fascinating. Oh, my gosh. That, you know, because most of us look at I did this as a child. You look at the painting. And yeah. you see these 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 gentlemen in a room yeah. agreeing upon the Constitution. <laughs> and they're just geniuses and they're basically demigods and they all agreed yeah. and they all got along and they all had this one purpose. And it, you grow up and you're like, oh, no, yeah. no, these guys no, were very individual. They had very different perspectives on what America should be. Yep. Um, for for a lot of them, they'd look at America today and they'd say, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah. I would say most of the founding fathers would look at America today and like, what the hell did you do with our country that we were trying <laughs> to build? You know, and yeah. they'd be saying that to the most zealous Americans, the zealous. Uh, you know, yes. uh, about they'd be like, no, you didn't get any of this right. What are you doing? You know, yeah. but that's not even to say that they were right. I'm just right. saying to your point of people being zealous about the founding fathers. They didn't agree. We don't agree now. It's a really poor argument, actually, to uh, go back to the founding fathers and say this is what they would have wanted. It was like it actually doesn't have any bearing on what we no are bearing. doing today. No. If they don't we even know what they wanted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we could have stuck to the the principles of George, that that you laid out of George Washington, yeah. that would have been one thing. But we didn't. No. So now to go and appeal to his messaging, it's like, well, I'm sorry, we can't get rid of as much as I would want to. We can't right. get rid of political parties today. That's not going to happen. We, maybe we can stop demonizing each other. That's right. Because we're on one side or the other. Yeah. That's I mean, but that, that's like the least we could do. <laughs> it's just it just <laughs> blows my mind how much people don't know. I was like, they literally had a very difficult time getting Washington to come to the convention. Like he just it was just so reluctant yeah. to want to be a part of this, you know, and but but knew he kind of kind of had to. And it just and then like you hear these zealous, oh, America should be a Christian nation. OK, that's insane. OK, there's another take. That's Absolutely. insane. That All right? is that's insane. In, that's literally insane. That has nothing to do with the beginning of the United States formally. Literally, that's literally insane. And and even in the founding fathers, they were so careful to try to not to mimic the monarchy that they came yeah. from, that they struggled with the 
with the idea of even having an executive person to be over to essentially they literally were like we we cannot repeat this like yeah. the idea of the president was very difficult to stomach for the founding fathers for that george washington would have hated the way we talk about the president today because we yes. talk about when we refer to the president today we talk about the most powerful person in the world yeah. well they're not supposed to be no we're supposed to have three branches of government that each have equal power therefore right. the president holds no more power than the judicial or the legislative branches of right. government. Therefore, he's not the most powerful person. No. He's just no. the head of the executive branch, <laughs> exactly. which has an equal power to the other. And it's not a coincidence that there's three branches, an odd number. Yes. That way we can always have kind of a majority within the three, and the, so two can discount the other if needs yeah. be. So... It's just crazy. And, and that's another thing about worshiping somebody like Donald Trump. And I don't care who you, who you worship. If you're a Democrat and you worshiped Obama, sure. you know, it's just as bad, even though I think Obama was a better person, you know, yeah, oh, <laughs> and a better course. president. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying it's just as bad to worship that person in an office and, and, yes. and, and, to, and to try and give them more power than they should ever have. Yeah. And, Really, that that dismantling of the three branches of government and, and that offset of power really started with George W. Bush, yeah, with nine eleven, right. And um, I, I'm saying that, and, and I'm not demonizing him because Obama didn't relinquish that, right. Trump didn't relinquish it. Biden hasn't relinquished it. They have all taken advantage of it, of course. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, man. But it's yeah, become I mean, a more powerful symbol, the presidency, than it ever was meant to be. Yeah, it shouldn't be. I mean, obviously, you want somebody in that office. My biggest argument for anybody holding that office is that they should represent the United States. Yes. And they should have dignity and honor. And they should represent, uh, you know, when Obama was sworn in, he he used multiple religious books yes, right. stacked on one another to be yep. sworn in. A lot of people had a problem with that because they want America they to want be a Christian, a Christian nation. Yeah. Mm. But Obama doesn't just represent Christians. The president doesn't just represent Christians. That's right. He represents everybody. So you I know, thought like it was Jesus, a profound. You know, yeah. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you be too simple about this? Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually, it's more complicated it, it, than that. It it, really in is. my little book, I actually talk <laughs> about how Jesus tells us to swear not. He says, swear not by heaven or by earth or by the city of Jerusalem because, you know, nor by the hair on your own head yeah. because you have no control over any of those things. Therefore, don't swear by them. And so he would look at us today and he would see us, you know, swearing on a Bible and things like that and be like, what the f exactly. come on people? I was really clear about this. I'm really clear about these things. Yeah, it's so simple, you, guys. But you have, I mean, wh why do we do that? Well, because Christianity, you know, Christians thought, oh, we need to make them swear on a Bible. That's the only way to know if they're telling the truth. It's like, <laughs> what? You think a liar? You think somebody who's intending to lie? 
is going to care that they swore on the Bible. You put that there. Now I must. You no, must tell I can't the truth. lie anymore. I cannot tell oh, a lie. No. <laughs> I did kill them. Oh, no. <laughs> Look, I mean, on. it's the most ridiculous, stupid thing. And to do it for public office. To me, is offensive, and I think Jesus it's would offensive. find it very offensive as well. Yes. To, to, to have to swear on a religious symbol <laughs> in a nation that does not, or should not at least, yeah. revere one religion above another. Because totally agree. The, the, the division of church and state, all that stuff, and people just throw it out the window and, nope, got to swear on the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no law that you get sworn in, it has to be the Bible, Christian Bible. It's like, it's literally, I saw this actually on a show. In. Is like on a, on a show, and there just one guy was like, I hate that they should not be swearing on like this Bible and that. And the guy was like, there's no law against like, it has like or that it has to be the Christian Bible. He was like, "What?" He was like, "You just chose that because that's what represents you." But there's no law, and this again, he didn't know what he was talking. He didn't know about. anything. Yeah, he didn't exactly. know anything. The most zealous people actually don't know anything. That's why when somebody's like Simon, I'm like this with everything. If somebody's constantly flaunting how much money they have and other stuff, they probably don't actually have it. Like yeah. they they actually <laughs> they stole it. Probably they got it from. Because me, people I know, I've worked with incredible amounts of wealthy people in my life. They don't want anybody to know they're wealthy. They do not want that. No. That's no. not their thing. You know, if you have that's a great relationship, if you have a great relationship, I don't own a pickup truck. Yeah. Right, right. If you have an amazing relationship, you don't always spend time talking about how amazing it is online constantly. It's probably not that good. It's yeah. like, you know, it's like, <laughs> very healthy relationships I've seen. They don't have to tell everyone they're amazing. You know, it's like, no, yeah, it's crazy. No. There's all it's this like, pressure. I think I feel like on social media to, you know, um, you know, make sure you talk about your relationships and stuff like that. And I'm just like, eh, you know, <laughs> not really. I'll, I'd I'll rather be talking tell... about your relationship next week with your with yeah. ne- next couple of weeks with your <laughs> wife. Don't worry. I'll take care of that for you. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You guys are chit chatting. We're going to chat about her new thing. And I, I guess I can't talk about 80s movies. So I'm going to have to You're keep not that, allowed. choke not that allowed. down my throat here. I mean, I, <laughs> I tried to show her Conan the Barbarian. Oh, no. And within the first five minutes of the film, she's on her phone. No, don't say and that. And I'm just like, just forget it. Just forget it. She's like, well, they're fighting. Tell me, you know, I, and so I lost interest. And I was like, you can't even just take that somebody's going to fight for a couple of minutes. You know, I, I told you <laughs> this is a great movie. And, and, and she knew that she, 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 and she even brought it up. She said, this always happens. She never wants to watch like a, a Western or something yeah. like that. Cause she's, she doesn't think she's going to be interested in it. Yeah. And of course there's tons of bad Westerns out there that aren't interesting, sure. but the ones that I've, tried to show her that that i actually know that they're good going into them she's always like wow that was amazing it's like yeah, yeah because genre doesn't matter yeah. storytelling craft those things matter yeah but a no for conan the barbarian there was a no well i mean i was just like i mean if you're not going to pay attention there's no point <laughs> i mean honestly because i was trying to tell her i mean because i i would I would say 50% of what makes Conan great is the cinematography. Oh, I mean, yes. So good. Mood, ambi- ambiance, all yes. that stuff. Yes, the landscape. That is put into that yeah. film. 
all the sets being real yeah. or or models that are convincing enough that right. no no green screen needed you know it's it all looks so freaking good um and and so if you're not going to pay attention to that then what's the point <laughs> because what one of the things we've been driving at is that conan is a surprisingly subtle movie yes so yes. if you're not going to pay attention to it and pay attention to the subtleties then you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to get anything yeah. out of it. Especially the beginning. You really have to pay attention to, especially when they raid the the village and stuff and the whole scene with Tulsa Doom and just looking and the silence, you know. Yeah. And again, another part of a cult thing, the symbol, the snakes. There's, yep. a, you know, it's, uh, you're wearing that MAGA hat. You, it's basically the snake thing. I mean, it's like, it's like, <laughs> yep. I mean, I can make a lot of parallels of this stuff, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> I saw I mean, a guy with a tattoo of like the uh, you know the opening of the Constitution on it, you yeah. know, his, uh, on his on his arm, sure. and so, you know the, this like American flag kind of underneath it and yeah. stuff. And um, I just thought to myself, I guarantee he's never read the Constitution. Never, never. guarantee it. There's it's a it's a zero percent chance. Yeah. <laughs> so like, again, the most of the people are zealots for let's say let's just throw it out there the Second Amendment or the First Amendment actually don't know any of the other any of the other amendments and more than likely don't even know those amendments very well either. I mean, it's yeah. just ridiculous actually. Well, if you ask somebody what the full Second Amendment, you know, who, who's a big gun buff, what's the full reading of the what's Second the full Amendment? Reading? They can't tell okay. you, you know, and it's like why what's the purpose of the second amendment, right. you know, and all these things. And you're just like, what was the reasoning behind it? Yes. You know, 0% and, uh, acknowledgement or even knowing what that yeah. means. And I actually uh, brought this up recently uh, with some Mormon uh, friends because I was bringing up why people thought Joseph Smith was so dangerous mm. and, and felt like they had to kill him. And it's because he literally had the biggest militia and it was a private militia. It was a mm. Mormon militia. It was the biggest one in the state, most likely. It was probably a bigger militia than the federal government could. Right, could, uh, right. You know, it, and he was putting his hat in for president. Right. So they were seeing somebody who, in their view, was a militaristic you know, guy who's maybe trying to like take over the country. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, this, this it not wasn't happening. an unreasonable suspicion is what I was driving at. <laughs> right. But I right. bring that up to say, like, the government didn't have a big army. You know, uh, yeah. we, we had militias. Very that's true. The, that's the Second Amendment's force. So yes. that each state and, and the federal government, when needed, can raise a militia to fight, uh, you know, for, for whatever cause, whatever's happening. Right. You know. But it wasn't just so that we could all have AK-47 and be like deer hunting with them. It's insane stuff, I mean, man. It's just, I just can't even take it. It's crazy stuff. It just again, it's just it's just not knowing. It's it's the same thing as not knowing like the Continental Army that Washington commanded was pretty poorly trained, like really bad. Oh yeah. It yeah. was like really bad, like garbage tactics. I mean, you're taking people who are doing other jobs and like, hey, come here. And uh, it's like, yep. do this. Yep. You know, it's like people looked at it was like, this is a ragtag bunch of people here. You know, like, again, you ask most people that they have no clue 
about that. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of sick of it. We celebrate honestly. their guerrilla tactics. Yeah. But in actuality, there's no way. I mean, George Washington basically knew that he, he knew. couldn't, he, he couldn't just face the British army That's head right. on. That's exactly right. You know, and you know, the celebrated crossing of the Delaware, the, mm-hmm. the surprise attack, uh, the, the yep. morning after Christmas, it's because he knew there's no way I can take them on unless we take them by surprise <laughs> exactly. and they're drunk from their Christmas celebrations the night <laughs> from the night before. That's yeah. the only way we're taking these guys on and we're coming right. out of it alive. You catch me at like 11 o'clock at night on Friday after I have my edible, it's probably a lot easier to, you know, make me agree to stuff. I mean, come on. <laughs> Simon's got a few of those texts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magical. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people forget too that the 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 crossing of the Delaware was really Washington's first victory. It was. He was not great before. No. No. And and I've told this to my kids as as kind of a um, a lesson to be learned from George Washington. There's a lot of great lessons that George Washington teaches us, but one of the greatest ones is that he listens to other people. Yes. He. Um. They they win the war because George Washington listens to his other generals. That's right. In fact, in, in the in the final confrontation before the British surrender, George Washington presents his plan for the in front of to his generals and none yeah. of them like it. So he's exactly. like, Okay, make a counter offer, basically. Yeah. And they please. and his generals tell him what they think. And he says, Let's go with that. He always did that. Even at the convention to replace the uh, articles. Confederation, he they said that he only spoke, really spoke up three times during the entire time. He didn't talk a lot, but when he no. did, he commanded the stage. But he very, he just, he listened, he watched, he was an observer. Think about it, and you think, and everybody revered this person, and you're thinking, well, he could just dominate this whole thing and force this. He didn't do that. He let all these other no. people, you know, argue with each other and make all these outrageous claims and stuff it's amazing he knew, actually he knew that these other people were his intellectual superiors he did but he did they were his intellectual superiors in many ways but <clears throat> but in other ways to your point you can tell oftentimes when somebody is is actually intellectually superior by how much yes. they listen because yes. they know when to listen and when to talk they know the important moments to raise their hand and say, well, what about, what about this? What, you know, um, and George Washington was one of those people, it seems. And he knew he wasn't, a. a, a, here's another thing. I actually shared this just very recently with somebody and they were surprised by it. I said, you know why George Washington was the first president of the United States? And they said, why? I said, because he couldn't get, um, uh, a, a, uh, uh, an officer uh, commission in the British yeah. Army. Right. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, he spent most of his life trying to become an officer in the in, yeah. in the British Army, but they rejected him because he's American. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they right. still kind of hired him, you know, a few times to do, and and he was actually very. I mean, he had such a crazy life, you know. I, he's kind of right? responsible for the French Indian War. He's kind of, you know, crazy I mean, like, life, man. Yeah, <laughs> so he was very adventurous. He was just an yep. amazing human being. But the whole time, he had wanted, he wanted to be a general in King George George's mm-hmm. army, and when he couldn't be, 
Well, he showed up and he said, all right, well, I'll be the general of the American army then. Yeah. Son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Simon, I'll tell you what, man. There's, there's a lot of juice here all the time. We have to end this and I have to tell Simon how amazing it is. And I always love mm -hmm. him doing it. And it's just, uh, it's just a real pleasure. And uh, actually, I've been thinking about visiting you quite a bit, actually. All like, right. Uh, I talked to my wife about it regularly. I said, you know, we moved to Colorado. I, I got to make this happen. I got to get down there. Uh, fly that would be Nashville. amazing. You got to have a great time, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'd have some good times. So, yeah, uh, I really appreciate you. And I said, you know what? The best part about it, I said, uh, I was telling the story of how um, Shannon was texting me about being on the podcast. And she's like, oh, your your best friend, my husband, uh, blah, 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 and saying all this. I was like, oh, Simon's my best friend. Oh, it's like <laughs> amazing. And then I, my wife was laughing. I said, but you know, I've never had a stronger connection uh, with another friend, a male figure in my life that I've never met before. And, right. Uh, yeah. It's very deep. It's very deep to me. It's like actually really deep to me. And I'm, I'm extremely, extremely appreciative of our connection and our friendship. Thank you. I as well. Uh, thank you. I'm, I'm so happy I have somebody that I can exchange hot takes with. Oh, yeah. Come on. It's <laughs> hot take city here. <laughs> and I'm going to have to it's, tolerate it, your it, whole prequels and all that. I'll, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm always, I, I shouldn't be surprised anymore, but I just continue, continually get surprised about how on the same page you and I just oh, always yeah. seem to be. Where we're just like, yeah. oh, you just watch, oh, I just watched that too. Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh, you're studying George Washington. Oh, I oh, love George yeah. Washington. I got all this stuff. Yeah, blah blah yes. blah. You know, it's just like all strange. <laughs> it's it's like, strange, isn't it? Always, it's strange. It is strange. It is strange. <laughs> and I feel like I need to search my house for cameras. <laughs> I'm hiding wherever Hidden you don't cameras. see me. Okay, yeah. I'm there all the time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna really look around the toilets. I don't want that. Uh, Imagine when I'm in your house. <laughs> for real. Simon, Thanks, thank you so I much. I really appreciate man. you. Yeah, same here, man. I will talk to you next time. All right.